This week on the show, Fnatic win IEM Karavica, Luminosity and Renegade start strong in Pro League, and Envious have made a roster change. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by John Blue Mullen, and let's kick things off with a frag clip. This week's clip is Frag Executives versus MTW at Xperia Play 2011, where Pasha picks up a 1v3 clutch in the semi-final. FX would defeat MTW 2-1 and SK Gaming 2-0 in the Grand Final to become Xperia Play Champions. They took home 10,000 euros. Our first story this week is IEM Katowice, which naturally took place in Katowice, Poland, from March 2nd to 5th. Now, Blue, this was not an official major tournament, but there were $250,000 up for grabs. So, uh, you know, big stakes. So as we take a look at Group A, we'll see this was the group with Luminosity, Fnatic, Navi, Mouse Sports, Snip, uh, all these guys. And uh, Blue hate to say you nailed it, but you pretty much did. Last week when we had this conversation, we previewed Katowice, you pretty much said Luminosity, Fnatic and Na'Vi would be the three to advance from this group. Uh, were there any surprises for you at all here? Uh, not necessarily. I think I think Mouse Sports uh, came in here and there was a lot of praise behind Mouse Sports doing a fairly good job at this event, being able to take the victories that they did. So they made some good strides. Unfortunately, of course, did not end up being enough to get them through to the tournament stage. But the bigger surprise just overall in this group was just how close Navi came to potentially not making it through there. It was I was expecting Luminosity to be the team that was more floating towards the lower end of it, but it, it was actually them that dominated it with Fnatic, both those teams only having one loss there. So... Mm. Yeah. Well, another team we should highlight in this group, I suppose, is uh, Ninjas in Pajamas, NIP. They finished uh, down there in fifth place with a record of two to three and, uh, you know, still not looking particularly good as a team, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and given that they've stuck with these core four players that they've had for, you know, three years now or so, um, how likely is it that they're going to continue struggling for the rest of the year, do you think? I think it's pretty likely that, at least on lands, for the foreseeable couple of months now, we're going to see them still struggling. Pitt specific, specifically seems to have quite a bit of trouble adapting to his role in the team and is sort of floating under. So I imagine it's going to take him a time, uh, quite a bit of time, I should say, uh, mm -hmm. to sort of adapt to that tier one level of play. Because we've mainly recently, at least, have only been seeing him play in the North American circuit, which might not have prepped him so well, especially considering that Winter Fox was not doing very well when it came to the end of his time with that team. Um, so Pitt's going to need some time to adapt. And we've been seeing them do well in the Pro League, but the problem is, is these victories versus Pro League teams have not necessarily been versus super amazing teams. They've gotten two victories versus Dignitas, which has been a pretty hit or miss team, depending on the way you're looking at it. Yeah. They've won versus Mouse Sports, um, who've been on a bit of a rise. So I guess you could say that's a bit of an accomplishment, but those were some fairly close games. And they've gone one and one against Navi. Uh, but still, there's a lot of room for improvement, to say the least, when it comes to this new NIP roster as of yet. Absolutely. Well, LAN is where it matters, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let's leave Group A there and we'll move over to Group B. We will talk about some of those teams again. And uh, over in Group B, we've got Astralis, Tempo Storm, Virtus Pro, these familiar faces now, right? Uh, Astralis and Tempo Storm were the top two in the group, but I, I want to leave them alone just for a second, Blue. We'll, we'll talk about them when we come to the bracket because they both did well. Um, the two teams I actually want to talk about here are Virtus Pro, first off the bat, uh, because they did make the cut. They they qualified in, in third place, which last week I don't think we thought was going to happen, right? It was uh, They haven't been playing particularly well. It was very hit or miss whether they were going to sneak into this third place spot. What did they do uh, to get in there? 
Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think it was just this huge culmination of the team's strength suddenly bouncing back for them. I think it was mainly the rather poor performances we were seeing from a lot of Group B, if, we're, if I'm completely honest. Like, four of the six teams really did not show up with their best. So Virtus Pro was able to just barely beat FaZe Clan. They are able to crush Efrag, who actually I was expecting them to do a little bit better. So I was yeah. a bit disappointed in their performance there. Um, and then at the end of the day, too, the big victory which actually got them through was versus Envious. And that was the really big disappointment from that event was Envious just... According to the drama and whatnot that we saw on Twitter and on Reddit and whatnot, they just showed it to the event and didn't really seem to prep all that much for it at all. So they got absolutely destroyed and had the same record as Efrag at the end of the day with a 1-4 and four group stage record. Yeah, well, let's talk about Envy in that case a little bit because you've alluded to their issues. There was that clip I think Zeus posted on uh, YouTube where it was just MBK sat on his own practicing and no, nobody else was even there for Envy. Um, today they did announce this roster change. Uh, too little, too late? Uh, that's going to be the interesting thing because, you know, you look at the discussions and whatnot, and a lot of people, we've, we've seen these sudden, like, honeymoon boosts from some of these French teams when they go for their roster changes. Obviously, mm. it happens stances, or it happens to be much more that Envious is often the team that gets this honeymoon boost, but um, now now the question is that it's happening, and it's, it's new talent that's being brought up. It's not that we're seeing a sudden switch between the other tier one French roster. Yeah. Which Sorry, is, uh, just to clarify, I should say that was Devil... Uh, stepping in for Kiyoshima, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So Devil moving up from LDLC White, I believe. That's that's probably the more interesting move we've seen out of the French scene in quite some time, as its new talent finally starting to step up a little bit. So I'm interested to see how he does, but I don't mm. necessarily think it's going to be this grand resurgence for the team because it looks like a lot of the other guys are sort of just burn out with CS in general. So the question now is, with this new player jumping onto the team, is they're going to be as are the other four members of the roster essentially going to be much more interested in CS again, or are we still going to have that commitment issue that seems to be lingering with a couple of the players? Absolutely. Okay, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see how MV turn out. But uh, we did talk about Astralis and Tempo Storm, so let's jump over to the bracket now, which is where those two teams kind of, uh, well, had different routes, I suppose. So as the graphic comes up on screen, we'll see in the quarterfinals it was Na'Vi versus Tempo Storm, Fnatic versus Virtus Pro. And uh, the first match I want to talk about here is that Na'Vi versus Tempo Storm. So this was a hell of a close game. Um, the Brazilians came close, so close, in fact. They won Cobble in overtime and they lost the two of the games. There wasn't a huge amount in it, I think it's fair to say. Um, given that Tempo Storm played so well in the group stage, did the best team win in this best of three? I think so. I mean, you look at it as Navi again being a much more experienced team when it comes to their international exposure. Navi sort of had to go through like the Brazilian gauntlet in the upper bracket, as it were, as yeah. they not only had to take on Tempo Storm with Luminosity, so <laughs> they're starting to form this legacy now as like the team that constantly has to face off against the Brazilians. Yeah. Um, so it was actually a pretty good matchup, and I was quite surprised with how well Tempo Storm were able to do. It was surprising for me to see them go through the group stage in the first place, considering how poorly they did previously at the major qualifiers the week before that, but then yeah. they came in. And um, while I wasn't actually expecting, this was this is this was a pretty basically in short terms. This was a very good stage for them to go out in the tournament when you consider the amount of international experience they have under their belt right now, and also the relative skill level of, of Navi that they're going up against. The fact that they took one map off them is very impressive. And now, if we see this kind of performance continue on in a lot more of the upcoming lands they have, so for instance, they still have Mamo coming up, and I believe like a month or two is when that's taking place. Yeah. Um, if they can carry that performance over to there, they can take the experience they had versus Navi and a lot of these other teams and hopefully make it to the next stage of the event. It's this very slow chain of growth. The same exact thing we saw from Luminosity at the beginning of last year when they were starting to rise as well. So it's definitely a good thing 
um, that we see Tempo Storm getting this far. Of course, some fans are disappointed that they don't go further than that, but that's way too early to be expecting them to be doing that good that early. This would be an absolutely crazy team if they made it to the semifinals in their first big run. Yeah, absolutely. And well, I mean, as you've alluded to, Navi did advance in the end. In the other semifinal, uh, as we jump down to the low half of the bracket, that was uh, Fnatic versus Virtus Pro, which is where Virtus Pro's story came to an end. However, Fnatic would go on and play Astralis after that, and this was kind of a strange game, that, that lower semifinal there, because Astralis looked so good in the group. So I think they were unbeaten, right? They were 5-0. and oh. mm -hmm. uh, Whereas Fnatic, you know, the casters at the event were saying they looked very beatable uh, in their group stage game. Um, group stage games, sorry. What happened in the semi-finals in that case? Because Fnatic came in and it was, I mean, those two maps they won, it was a blowout, right? I think it was 16-6 and 16-5, those two maps 16, they won. 16-7. 16-7, right. Yeah. So uh, why, why the flip around for these two teams? I just, it's just, again, Astralis, for whatever reason, seems to have so many problems once they get to semifinals. It's not even like a running <laughs> joke anymore. It's like actually an issue that whenever Astralis gets to a semifinal, they just completely drop the ball, despite the fact that they went 5-0 and in the group stage yeah. and Fnatic had their own struggles in their side of the group. We still saw Astralis really just get ripped to shreds on those overpass and Inferno matches. So I don't know what it is, but this team just seems to constantly have issues whenever they get to a late stage in the tournament. And of course, you are up against Fnatic again, so Fnatic, unfortunately, just going to abuse the hell out of those weaknesses and that's how they were ultimately able to make it through granted again keep in mind that if, if i remember correctly this was also the game that happened very very late into the evening yes, so that was. could have been a factor affecting things as well when you look at astralis's individual performances but i don't think that weighs like as heavily as this constant issue we're seeing where Astralis just seems to choke in almost every single semifinal. Sure, and it was the last match of the day. I think they started at midnight and finished at 3 a.m. local time, right? But that's yeah. both teams, right? It applies to Fnatic as well. So uh, hard to give them a free pass there. The last match I want to talk about in this bracket is, of course, the grand final, which uh, over on the right there was Luminosity versus Fnatic. And, uh, you know, amazingly close games. Some of the best Counter-Strike, I think, we've seen for a while actually i mean in my opinion but Fnatic did take it three nil in the end it was uh you know some of those comebacks they were getting on were absolutely phenomenal right they looked they just looked unstoppable um is the scoreline a bit i mean luminosity deserved to win a map there surely right yeah absolutely i mean the the 3-0 if you're just looking at it plainly does not tell the whole story no. but the 17-19 scoreline on overpass and a 15-19 scoreline on inferno they were very very close games that comeback we saw from luminosity specifically on inferno i believe it was actually sorry let me get that again i think i got that flipped uh yeah just go for it i mean yap can edit it do you want me to ask okay. you again I'll um, give you a snippet. yeah uh, okay, so Fnatic uh, came on a hell of a tear, won 3 0, but uh, I guess that's a bit misleading. Do you think Luminosity deserved to win a map? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Specifically looking at the third map there, um, quite a few of the maps, honestly, it seemed like LG would have been able to close it out quite nicely, but unfortunately dropped the ball big time and allowed Fnatic to swing these comebacks in their favor, specifically on that last map, yeah. where things really seemed to fall apart for LG, and Fnatic pulled off that amazing comeback. I think the first half was 12-3 to in LG's favor, and then Fnatic <laughs> took it into overtime and then won all four rounds consecutively in that in that overtime to win the entire series. So mm. um, Cash was a little bit of a disappointment with a 16-3 scoreline, I don't know what happened there with LG, considering they get so much experience on this map versus North American teams, yeah. uh, considering that's like the favorite map to play in that region, that you think they would have been a lot more proficient there, but it just wasn't the case. And Fnatic, for most of their players, they were absolutely on point as well. JW was looking really hot this event, and Olofmeister always comes and performs very well too in that grand final. He was extremely on point. 
So they just proved to be the better team here once again. And Fnatic, they keep they get to keep continuing their streak. I think they're at like how many events in a row now? Like four or five events that they've won yeah, in a row that they've attended. So there's still no stopping them. And they're going to continue to look strong even heading into the major. But still, another great victory for LG making it to the finals of another big event here. So they're continuing to show that they're definitely a top or a top tier team and that they can easily joust with the best when it comes to these very intense matchups. Absolutely. Okay, well, that was IEM Katowice uh, in Katowice, Poland. Again, March 2nd to 5th and $250,000 up for grabs, of which Fnatic took the lion's share, $104,000 for them. Congratulations to Fnatic. For our second story this week, we're going to check in with ESL's Pro League, which is, of course, an ongoing league with a $750,000 prize pool. Now, we're coming up to week four, so a little under halfway through the season, and uh, this is the current state of the groups. Let's get group EU, or the European group, up on the screen first. So, <laughs> Group EU. Group EU, interesting. We'll, we'll stick with it, we'll stick with it. So, uh, a lot of familiar trends here in the European Group Blue. Uh, Virtus Pro playing poorly, right down there at the bottom. They played 12 games and lost 11 of them, which is remarkable. Uh, we've also got Fnatic and Astralis playing well at the very top. Astralis currently at the top. Again, this is correct as of time of recording, right? So, these, as you watch Pop Flash, these figures might have changed a little bit. But at the moment, Astralis are top. Which teams stand out for you in this group? Blue. Uh, probably the fact that Nip is. We, we talked a little bit about their record currently in Pro League yes. earlier on, but yeah. the fact that they're actually as high as they are is quite surprising. And it's not like when you look at some of the other teams, it's not like they have played a lot more matches than a lot of the other guys as well. They're still kind of floating there with a fairly, fairly similar record to most of the other teams that are currently in the Pro League as well. So it's quite surprising to see them up that high. Granted, some of their games have not been versus the top teams like Fnatic and Astralis in the, uh, in the Pro League as of yet. So they still have yet to be tested where they can probably rack up a few more losses. But that's probably the more surprising one right now is that we see Nip floating so high where in previous seasons they've, uh, they've, done, they've done quite poorly in keeping their top four position here in the, in the Pro League. Okay, well, I mean, the other team we should talk about as well is Envy, because uh, they're currently in fourth, so they're, they're occupying a qualifying spot as well. Uh, do you think, again, as I said, we're, we're a little under halfway through the season. This could change a, a great deal before we come up to land finals time. Given that Ninjas in Pajamas are playing kind of hit and miss and Envy have had this roster change and everybody's kind of divested from the game at the moment, uh, how likely is it that those two teams in particular are going to slip out of the top four, do you think? And who would replace them? I think it's actually, again, when you look at some of these other teams, it's still fairly likely that at least one of these guys would have a fairly good chance to make it into, um, would have a fairly good chance to make it into the grand finals. Mm. And I'm not saying both of them would be able to, because Navi, I'm imagining they should be able to bounce back as we get into the later portions of the season. Yeah. They've only played eight of their matches right now, so I, I there's no reason with with their with their with their fairly consistent performances, there's no reason why they wouldn't be able to get into the top four. Fnatic and Astralis are pretty safe bets, so it basically comes down to Nip, Envious, and in my book, Phase as well, because they've only played a very small set of their matches. So there's a pretty big chance they might be able to grab a spot in there too. Mouse Sports, maybe they can bounce back, but they have to have a hell of a season from this point forward if they're going to do it. So it's going to be a tough one. More than likely, it comes down to either Nip, Envious, or Phase to take that fourth slot in my eyes. All right. Well, uh, only time will tell, I suppose. We'll wait and we'll see how the European side plays out. And let's jump over to the North American graphics. So this is the current standings, again, correct at time of recording for North America. And as we'll have a look at this graphic, we'll see Selfless, Optic, Luminosity and Renegades in the top four slots. Now, 
uh, blue, picking on North America is one of my favourite things to do. So, Luminosity <laughs> and Renegades are playing in a North American league and are taking up two of your qualifying spots for LAN, and they're not even from North America. Uh, Renegades, obviously, is from Australia. Luminosity is from Brazil. Does that hurt? I mean, fair enough, you've got these two new teams competing at the, at the top level of North American Counter-Strike, but does that hurt North American players, or does that help them, do you think? Um, I think in a short term, it would hurt them, obviously. Yeah. Um, when you look at the immediate effects of it, and that, okay, now two slots that are usually reserved for North American teams are no longer going to be taken by North American teams at a LAN. But hopefully in the long run, I, I would assume, I could be wrong about this, but hopefully in the long run, I would assume this would help them because it gives you more motivation. Okay, these teams keep transferring into our region and kicking our asses, so we need to step it up. But so far, Luminosity's been here now for like, eight nine months i think and we haven't necessarily seen a team do that as of yet we had cloud nine's little <laughs> resurgence but that's been about it we haven't seen any other teams do amazingly so uh, i'm not exactly sure if north america is going to be able to step up to the challenges of yet but yeah it's, it's an interesting turn of events to say the least but it's somewhat expected um given that these guys have had fairly good results versus uh, a lot of the other a lot of the other big big names in the european cs as well specifically luminosity just coming off of im last weekend it is a long season as well, of course. I mean, if we look at yeah. Cloud9, they've only played two matches, Winterfox two matches. A lot of other teams in North America seem to have played only four of their matches so far, right? The, um, sorry, go on. The, the thing that worries me the most right now is the fact that we have teams like CLG mm. that have done so poorly. Um, they have yeah. six matches played, and they're one in five right now. And I think that their matches have been some versus some of their harder opponents. Like, yeah, they've, they've played their two maps versus C9. Yeah. They've played two of their maps versus Renegades, and they've gone one and one versus Selfless. But this means now, with already five losses on the board, similarly to Mouse Sports, and we sort of look at them as well, uh, I think they're sitting with the same record at this point. Now they have to have like a flawless season almost from this point forward. They can only, they can only take a couple more losses if they want to be in contention for that top four position uh, to make it to the land. And as one of the great, you know, North American, one, one of the great, consisting of North American players, North American Titans anyway, we would hope they would be in a much better position right now, but it's just not the case. Liquid as well is sitting in a fairly inconsistent position with a 2-4 and four record, and while they still have a much better chance of bouncing back, uh, it still does have some worries as we get towards the end of the season that we might not even see Liquid or CLG at this LAN. If you had to put money on it, I, I mean, admittedly, this is a very early stage of, of the league, right? Uh, yeah. But if you had to pick a few teams that might sneak into the top four who do you think's most likely to make it in okay so if we're looking at teams that people aren't expecting to get into the top four at all right now i would say selfless definitely despite the fact that they've recently lost kusta their new pickup is looking much better they've yeah. also replaced lucky and i haven't had a chance to really take a look at that new player's individual play as of yet but considering the fact that their offer still seems to be able to impact against some of the top North American teams, I wouldn't be super worried about that one player's performance. He should have plenty of time to adjust. So they're a pretty likely chance, especially considering they're sitting on a 6-4 and four record right now. And they're currently leading. Granted, they played way more matches than anybody else in the league, but they're still on top. So I think there's a chance for them to still make it in the top four. And another team which I'm interested to see as we go deeper and deeper into the season is actually Energy. Because with Gombi leading, we've actually seen some pretty promising results with this team. I still mm. think there's a lot of development to do, but if it happens faster than some people are expecting, there may be a very, very slight chance that they could sneak it into the top four. Last but not least, I've got some quick-fire questions for you, Blue. So, quick as you can, give me your thoughts on the following news stories from the week. First of all, WRTP beat CLG Red to take the women's title in Katowice. 
Yeah, I think I think this was one that was fairly disappointing for the uh, for the fans of CLG Red, given that they've they've gotten themselves into this team house and whatnot now. So I think a lot of people were expecting them to be the favorites coming into this one. Mm. Um, they didn't make it to the finals, but when it came to those grand finals, they got uh, they got kind of dominated with a two zero victory for the guys on We Run This Place. Who, to my knowledge, again, of course, I'm not the biggest uh, not the biggest follower of female CS, but this team was formed fairly recently. Looking at their information on the uh, on the Liquidpedia wiki, wiki as well. Uh, just forming up as of like three or four months ago now, getting this roster together. So, unfortunately, CLG Red had a bit of a disappointing loss there. At least looking at the uh, the reputations coming into that matchup. That's it for this week. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by John Blue Mullen, and we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Pop Flash.